and welcome to episode 121 of More Than Dice. I'm Gonzo. Everybody's coming Hello. back right now. Oh, oh. And Kathy is not back yet. Um, she's finally getting the rest of her stuff. Um, but it is episode 121. Today we're going to be doing some hobbying and talking about how to use green stuff, a.k.a. gap-feeling material. Which is technically I'm using a gray and brown. Need a tight. So that's what we were supposed to have a special guest. The guest had to back out and do some dev stuff. But they will be on eventually. They said they want to come back. They are redoing their Kickstarter, which is actually uh, not a bad idea. Yeah, if you get enough feedback to redo a Kickstarter, you should redo the Kickstarter. Yeah. So, uh, so today I'm going to, one, I'm going to work on uh, finishing up uh, this last bit of uh, warp gate for somebody. And then I'm going to also um, do some gap filling on my Gyver unit. Gyver! And uh, have Kathy teach me how to do this properly without screwing it up. There's not much gap filling that has to be done, just a you know certain spots, the arms, and the waist. And I've never really used it enough to you know make this because I actually want this model to be turn to turn out pretty dang cool. And that's Kathy. Yeah, that's what? Kathy. She's late like usual. I'm late. You you weren't here when we said uh, introduce ourselves, so I introduced you. So no one introduced themselves as Kathy? No, not this time. Well, then. well that was Gonzo. Over there, over there. There's a story. <laughs> we need more people on the podcast. That was like my family Zoom call earlier where you get that high. Got to fix something. Um, but... Like I said, we, we were supposed to have someone coming on, but they uh, weren't able to. So we... What did I do with my tape? I'm blaming you, John. We're flying by the seat of our pants. So we're going to be doing some... Like I said, Cassie's going to be doing tasty. some... What's that? What happened to my tape? Told you I ate it. It was tasty. <laughs> yeah, we're going to be doing... You know level. y'all get the Harbinger crew on? This is gonna be level up Gonzo's hobbying. I don't even know what happened to my. Well, I have this painter's tape that I use, and I've got something I need to move out of the way, and it's uh. So now we're playing. It. Watch Gonzo look for stuff. So I think it's a good time <laughs> to uh, talk to you about our sponsors. Yeah, why don't you do that? I'm looking. Metalhead Minis, who uh, Lynn is great, and she actually has all of our stuff there to sell, which is super awesome. Uh, Gonzo, did you end up getting her that other load of newer stuff, or are we still waiting on that? Uh, I did give her the newer stuff for the people that are wondering. Uh, she has our uh, Song of Ice and Fire tactic boards that she's going to be selling for us, which Super is going to be really. Um, so those will be on sale pretty soon. <laughs> I found my actual green stuff. And also uh, Creature Caster, who does a bunch of wonderful paints and models and all. I know Kathy's taking a little break from the suzerain of desire, or the twins, as she calls them. No, um, I call it the suzerain of desire. Because she hates the twins. Or the, the suzerain <laughs> of desire, as uh, 
as one person put it, which cracks me up to no end. This is I'll go with the twins. That's more easily pronounceable. That is what everybody else says. Uh, I like to be different. may have been drinking since 7.30 this morning. Yeah, so it really would end up being the scissoring. The scissoring. The scissoring. The sizzling sizzling desire. The sizzling desire. Hello. They have a ton of cool stuff you guys should check out. Great models to paint. Uh, It's a good way if you just want a piece to paint just for the the love of painting. They, oh my God! They, yes, they're amazing. The detail is is amazing. And I, I was talking to somebody else. Now I don't know if if you want to. I can tangent off on a whole creature caster and hobbying thing right now. It includes oh, great that stuff. Thought. Let me uh, let me introduce uh, <laughs> Tectonic Craft Studios first. Darky Dan, who does a bunch of wonderful. MDF and all terrain and stuff. Check out his website. He's got a ton of great stuff there. And then, of course, we can't forget Muse on Minis, who also uh, helps us uh, by uh, putting our podcast out there for everyone, for hosting us and everything like that. So thanks to all to all of our sponsors. All of them. All of them. All of them. Yes. And uh, I don't know if we mentioned it last week, but I'll mention it again since it's on my mind. Uh, we did hear that... Uh, Lance from Museum Minis is doing okay now. Yes. Yeah. It was touch and go for a bit there, apparently. I heard some other news, but apparently he is good now. So, that is super awesome. Good to hear. Kathy, you want to tangent before or after we talk about what we're drinking? Uh, you know, anytime, really. Let's, uh, let's, let's do drinking first. What I are you can... having, or should I guess? You may guess. Gin and tonic? Yes. What? I'm good at this. You yeah, have I ESTN, did. John. Let's see. Gonzo. Gonzo's probably drinking water because he, he had medication. No, actually, the medication is fine. Um, I just needed to make sure I drink a lot of water, which I'm going to go back to drinking water after this. But today I am drinking a Founders KBS. It is a espresso-flavored stout. I was going to guess either chocolate or coffee. Yeah. Well, it is a chocolate espresso. It has chocolate and coffee oh, <laughs> aged in oak bourbon barrels. So Very well. Well, in addition to finishing off the wonderful sweet tea I got uh, yesterday at Mission, I just threw it in the fridge rather than drinking it right away. After yeah. that, I'm going to have, uh, I've got the, I went to the liquor store and I bought some flavored vodka. Vodka? Orange juice? <gasps> no, no. Nope. Nope, none of those. Oh, oh. Oh. It's grape-flavored. I could have put it with Dr. Pepper. I think that would have been interesting. I was originally mixing it with my wine punch, but when I ordered my dinner, I'm like, oh, look, they have Grape Crush. So we're going to double down. I've got Grape Crush with Grape uh, Vodka. Wow. <laughs> so uh, okay. it's going to be great. That is going to be like Kool-Aid. And probably uh, bad worse. for me because... It's not going to taste like alcohol. Because and it's going to be like Kool-Aid. <laughs> hey, Kool-Aid, here comes John. It'll, <laughs> it'll be fine. I don't have to work tomorrow. It's all good. Yay, no working tomorrow. So, I actually have to go into work tomorrow. But let's give our cheers out before we get started into this anymore. Um, for minutes working, everybody that's being safe, please just take care of each other. Look after each other. Um not much more to say, guys. Let's just have a good time. Cheers. 
Cheers. Slancha. That's good. Also, little Richard Ooh. died, and I was yes. a little sad yeah. about that because I love me some little Richard. Yeah, little Richard. Cheers. I'm going to put it over the paint cam while I'm going to back over. I did find my original green stuff, by the way. Excellent. So, um, so go on oh, your tangent. Yeah. How long has that green stuff been sitting there, in there together, as yellow and blue? Oh, all touching and together. It's still soft and pliable. Uh, uh, so, what you're going to do with that, Gonzo, uh, and we'll do this before we, Kathy goes on her little uh, sidetrack. Sorry, Kathy. Cut it away from the middle portion of it and use just the bits you cut off and get that middle part out of there when you do it. Like cut a strip off, cut it off the side to that the middle goes away because that part's already started to cure. Yep. Oh, okay. Well, I, ju I just found this. Yeah. I do have my gray and brown. That I... I would actually suggest that for the Giver, I think. You want something that's a little stronger and you might have to do a little more sanding on it to make it fit right. Yeah. But yeah. While I okay. while I work on this, why don't you talk about your the models stuff that you were wanting to mention? Oh, so a friend of mine had mentioned that he was afraid to to get the creature caster model because because they do have so many parts. Like the the Suzerain of Desire that I'm painting, the twins had upwards of forty five separate pieces to put together. I mean, and it includes the body and the lower body and the base, but also, you know, there were some alternate parts, like there was a different top of the staff and, and you know, different things. Stop. Anyways, anyways, so these models are very complex. They're beautifully detailed, but they're very complex. <clears throat> and some of the parts on them are so skinny they're so slender, they're fragile. And this is somebody who plays 40K and he wants to be able to throw down and, you know, play it in a game. And he's worried that, you know, different parts would break off and stuff. And I said, well, you can have the, the beautiful model with all this incredible detail and then you can decide maybe I don't want to put these tentacles on here or this whip or this whatever and just leave that part off and maybe, you know, maybe do a little modification just like you would convert any of your 40K models so that the parts that are worryingly slender, you know, you don't have to use those, you know, just kind of alter it a little bit, you know, using a little green stuff or you know, whatever you have to hand or, you know, some bits from other models or something, you know, you don't have to put this incredible model completely together by the book, you know, and bonus, you may be able to save those parts you don't use for later conversions on your other 40K models. Absolutely. I think that's something yeah. that's lost in the, in a, in a Several games that are a lot more stock than than I guess models in 40k or or Age of Sigmar slash Fantasy have ever been. There's always been huge conversion potential, but a lot of the newer games, models are very stock. It's like oh, I don't need to convert anything because the model is what it is. Yeah. Or there's Although, usually rules that say you can't convert it because it has to be blah blah blah. Yeah. Well, I was trying not. That to That being up there. said, 
I just saw, and I don't, I wish I remembered who it was, but this guy converted Warcry models, the Corvus Cabal, into this uh, Italian Ven Venice themed uh, group. And they're freaking amazing. But he used all a bunch of like old school GW models and other models that aren't GW to just kind of kit bash, you know, some of the Corvus stuff and other models. Which I kind of could see with the Corvus stuff because some of the legs and things are very slender and it's just a matter of time before you break them. Uh, but these looked incredible. They were really fun conversions. Legionnaire says he saw those models too. Um, they really were incredible. And that just shows you what you can do with some of these stock models that you don't think of being able to convert them. It's just that in order to convert them, you have to think differently than we did with the old, you know, Space Marines, where it was easy to just, I leave off this arm and I add this other arm, or I just chop it off at the forearm and add this other, you know, forearm or tentacle or whatever. You just, it's just a different approach. Absolutely. So. And, and that stuff being out there, and honestly, honestly, social media more than anything will help with all that stuff, because now you see those models and people easily get inspired. And I hope you guys are getting inspired. I hope you're not getting uh, overwhelmed. Like, oh, I could never do anything like that. Yeah, we none of us could when we started. You don't start things, off good at something. You gotta you gotta work at it. Things like that that amaze me. And this goes back to when I first started painting minis, and when I first discovered cool mini or not. Uh, <laughs> I wasn't the person who said I'm just gonna throw my brushes away and quit. I was the person who said. I need to figure out how they did that. That's what I want to do. I'm aspiring to be like that, you know, and that's always how I've tried to to think of it. I see a cool conversion like this guy's and I'm like, that gives me ideas. Mm -hmm. uh, I see my friend Pascal was doing a tutorial on how to paint tattoos. And as I was watching it, it was, this was on Twitch, and, and I'm watching this, and I'm like, this makes me want to do tattoos amongst other freehand. So I immediately primed this elf bust that I've, that I've been working on on my stream this last couple of weeks so that I can do tattoos and I can do uh, texture the leather texture and i can do cloth patterns and all kinds of fun little freehand things and i was inspired by watching what he was doing up close with these tattoos on the bust he was working on so i i try to i try to look at other people's stuff and instead of say oh i could never do that just try and figure out how the hell they did it so that i can maybe imitate it <laughs> And yeah. by doing so, learn some things so that I can then create my own original things. Yeah, I had a guy uh, contact me, uh, a local guy, uh, acquaintance, who uh, was like, I need to get in with a painting group because I really don't know how to paint and I need to learn. I'm like, dude, you're, you're an old GW guy. Get your white dwarves out. Read the articles they have on painting. I mean, most of us looked at the pictures and passed along. Those articles are gold. They tell you how to do it, and then you do what I do. And I just took some of those painting techniques, and I'd be like, well, if he did blue like that, I bet you could do purple similarly. Mm -hmm. 
So you go and you start to apply some of those techniques to other colors, and you learn sometimes it doesn't work, but that's part of the whole thing. Yeah. <clears throat> don't be, don't be, uh, don't let it discourage you. Get inspired instead. Try stuff. You can't jump into something and expect to be immediately good at this. I mean, yeah. It's, it's and not happen. Well, and oftentimes, it, I'm sorry, Gonzo, what did you want to say? Well, I, I know that some people that one of the, the, things that people are worried about is I'm going to mess up this miniature and this miniature is I'm going to waste this money on a miniature. And I'm like, go buy a bunch of, you know, D and D miniatures, models. Raper models. Practice on something inexpensive. Yes. Uh, yeah. Cause there Don't are, worry about it because all of us have models that had less than pars paint schemes on them. And you know what? When you're on the table, you don't really notice. You might notice a little bit to your opponent's like, oh, cool, my opponent's got models that are painted. This is awesome. They are trying. This is going to be a great game. Uh-huh. And if yeah. your opponents don't do that, punch them in the dick or the appropriate part that will hurt because that's rude. <laughs> but go go try techniques out on smaller models. I've, t <laughs> I've test printed 3D models and went, okay, this print didn't turn out the way I liked. Uh, I guess this is now going to be a model I'm going to use to try techniques on. If you got a 3D yeah. printer. I have one point. Space Marine sitting here on my desk. And anytime somebody comes into my stream and asks me, hey, how do you do, uh, how do you paint horns? Or how do you paint this? I get this one Space Marine and I just paint over other stuff that's been on it. And I'll demonstrate, you know, this, this technique that I'm talking about. And yeah, he's been painted over a bunch of times. <laughs> yeah, so this guy, like his his uh, weapon broke. Rather than just chuck him apart, I'm like, I'll keep him. Test the paint scheme for the models. You can test stuff on models. Keep him around. It's all good. And then uh, Crimson uh, just asked, uh, how do you mess up miniature so badly with paint that it can't be fixed with purple drank? Uh, I first off, purple drinks that I got over here. That's something else entirely. But yeah, <laughs> but they don't. But they don't know that because. They're starting position of complete oh, ignorance. If they you're just, don't just starting know. out, oh, I remember the time when Jim and I had gotten models off of eBay, and they were the the paint on them was so thick. Oh yeah. I, I don't even I don't even know how you accomplish that. However, we were just starting out, and we're like, well, well, shit. What are, what can we do with these? And we set them aside until we saw. Mm -hmm somebody on cool mini or not had posted something about stripping your models and what do you use and stuff so we're like oh all right so into the uh simple green they go and he just left him in there for like a week or two i wasn't so in a rush you started in the internet in the internet age back before the internet we just fucking tried shit well Aston takes off nail polish gotta work on paint too right yeah so well it does <laughs> Unfortunately, it also works on the base and the arms <laughs> the plastic back then. And I'm like, well, these arms are goopy and worthless, but you know what? I can repaint the rest of the model now. Yep. Yeah. That you learn a lot with that trial and error. This is how things were done. We didn't just. It's not like suddenly somebody came out of the womb with all of the hobby knowledge. We all learn this shit little by little. Little by little. Go uh -huh. look at old, old GW models. Like studio heavy metal models that are flocked as basing. Oh <laughs> yeah, shit back then. The How green, we like, oh, quaint. The green flocking. Goblin yeah. green rims. Oh, goblin green. God damn right, that's classic. Oh yeah. <laughs> Someone on, on on Twitter or something pays up the Ultramarine's army, 
in classic Ultramarines and did the bases flock oh, in Great Recon. I'm like, I that saw. is so classic. Great Weed Three, yes. <laughs> you you gotta you gotta try stuff. You can't let be intimidated. The only thing you want to be intimidated are if you have a model that you can't easily replace. Um, that means or that means something to you. Like I got. Even uh, then, even well, then, if 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 you're not glopping the paint on with a spackling brush, um, you should be able to just paint right over whatever you don't like about it. You know, and it'll be fine. I have a custom. I had a custom sculpted model by Captain Spud that did that for me. It was uh, Ashland Dolis for uh, War Machine, and I was always a little intimidated by painter because I don't know how you know green stuff's going to take being dumped in uh, simple green to get paint off or anything like that. I don't know new territory, so I was always intimidated until I just went. I'm like, you know what? I actually know what I'm doing. Just fucking go. Yeah, yeah I messed up the face a couple times. It's where I perfected the. And you got to just paint over it, right? Wipe it off. Yeah. I actually wiped it off. Not too bad. I just got... Let it dry. Jobs are good and go again. Yeah. The... uh, I don't strip bottles. Not unless they... And unless I got them secondhand from somebody who was crazy with the primer and filled in all the details. Oh. You know, that's the yeah. only time that I would consider stripping anything. If I don't like my paint job now, I just paint over it. I mean, yeah. why, you know, save yourself my some work and just paint right over it. You're not going to, you're not going to destroy it by doing that. I know they have. I'll break out my. Oh, go ahead, Kathy. I I was just gonna say. Uh, no, never mind. Go ahead. <laughs> sure. So just, you're cutting. Say, me uh, somebody I'll break out my orcs for 40k, and I'll, and I'll uh, take pictures of them because we got these secondhand, my ex-wife and I, and we repainted them. You know, painted over, did some detail and some washes, and. The difference between the two of them with no paint removal is amazing. Like, you can fix most things, like Kathy said. Just, just got to work at it a little bit. Yeah. Save yourself. Save yourself the, the energy, the time, the hassle of stripping things and just paint over the thing. Yeah. Absolutely. That's Yeah, there's... Good. Yeah. There was one time, uh, like three Adepticons ago or something... I was uh, I picked up some Iron Fang pikemen, and they were metal. And I was like, "Oh, uh, and the paint job was bad because it was all chipped and thick." And I was like, "You know what? I'm just going to acetone these. I don't care because it would have been too much of a pain to try to paint over them because it was just all a goopy mess." But you know, let's just throw it in a pickle jar with acetone and let it do its thing for a few days. Yes. And please use glass for acetone. Do not use plastic. Yeah. <laughs> with, has simple, with simple green, I use Chinese food containers, the plastic ones. We would get like stacks of Chinese food containers with simple green and models in them. Because there are, there are those times when you need to strip stuff. Like when I got uh, ogre uh, man eaters off of a friend of mine who did the too much primer 
I don't know what kind of paint he put on there. And then the Minwax dip. Oh, yeah. Uh, so the Minwax was... dip, you just got to strip. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that was a big thing for a while, too, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, it was the thing. Though, you know who actually told me I should take it seriously as a technique? And you're going to be surprised, Kathy. Dave Taylor. I'm like, just because it's easy doesn't mean it's not a valid technique. I'm like, all right, Dave, you're right. I don't like it, but you're right. (laughs) It can be effective for fast army paint. Yeah, because actually army painter sells a dip, don't they? What's that? I was saying, didn't army painter sell a dip? I think I have Uh, one of them in my closet. Possibly, but at this point, don't you just use Agrax Earthshade? Yeah, some people do. Better control, and you can use different tones in different places. Good lord. Yeah. And uh, Wade of Three and Legionnaire says yes to the dip. They both, apparently, they do sell it. So it's like that. has Minwax, the Tomb Kings. They're actually the perfect thing to use that. Oh, on. yeah. With well, all yeah, that deep detail. You end up detail. doing anyway. <laughs> I mean, I always painted my bone a lot more. I don't know, in depth than that, and it still didn't take long. Yeah. But it was one of the few things I've learned how to paint pretty well, I felt. I mean, the thing with the dip, just like with wa- uh, the washes, is you can, you know, once it's all dry and stuff, you can go back over it and dry brush a little bit of a highlight on it. Mm-hmm. Or a little stuff like uh, I would do, like you told me for my, uh, I got sick of waiting to get this guy's cockpit to be a totally different shade of blue. Uh, he's not going to show up super well in this. So instead, I just took the cockpit and I gloss varnished it after I was done. So it's got a sort of glossy sheen when the rest of the model doesn't. So that it'll, yeah. all, you know, if you put some light on it, it'll stand out. I'm pretty sure. Where's light? Light. Yep. It's shiny. Spray Same. detail and dip when you're doing hundreds of skeletons. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I, I dry brushed and washed and then dry brushed hundreds of skeletons. Which is similar. Yeah. So, to be fair, back when I did it, to, back when I did it, minwaxing wasn't really a thing. <laughs> Minwax, I'm not working with my wood floor here, boy. I'm working on these finely detailed Citadel models. Son, I say son. <laughs> <laughs> say, I, I say I don't believe minwaxing is a proper technique there, boy. All right. I need to stop drinking, but I'm not going to. <laughs> I mean, hell. I don't even remember when washes came out. Shit. Oh my god, yeah. the Citadel washes. <gasps> Loved them. The first ones. And then when they changed the where they were making them, they smelled like animals crawled in there and died. <laughs> they also changed what they were. They went from washes to inks yes. and then back to washes. And the inks were totally different. Does so different than, like, need to add water? It seems dry. It's it's brown stuff. It's brown stuff. It's nitatite. It's so so. It's so terrible when you say brown stuff. I'm so sorry. <laughs> oh, I had a, I had a whole I had a whole stream session that was sponsored by the color brown. Look, I know about your stream sessions. I, I've jumped in a couple of times. Shit get crazy. Um. So yeah, no, no, no water needs to be added to that. It just needs to be no. mixed. Always, always. It, needed, it was a, it was a little dry, so I just put it. I just wet my fingers is all I did. Oh, yeah, that's absolutely. what I do when I'm mixing it. I have a. I always keep a bottle cap with water next to where I'm working, so I can dip my fingers or my tools in it. Yeah, that's I, my 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 cleaner. Yeah. They paint water. 
Yeah. And I've got uh, I got both a thing, a little water, and then I've also even got uh, uh, all sorts of other stuff around. I got some fully diluted water, you know, whatever. There's my thing up in my thing water. Oh, you can't see it. No, it's a thing of water. Yep. So. Hi, the Kilted Viking. How you doing? Oh, hey, Kilted Viking. Uh, so Gonzo's working on that uh, the green, the uh, brown stuff there to fill in the gaps on the uh, the model there, the the Giver large scale. And Hooray. it's probably good to note what different colors of uh, Nidatite are good for because they're all different, good for different stuff. Mm -hmm. All right, so let's pull a piece off of this and roll it out and see what I've got. Now, the stuff Gonzo's using dries a lot harder uh, and more, a little more brittle, but it's sandable and stuff. So, yeah, not as rubbery as uh, green stuff. Yeah, you know what I miss? I miss the white and blue stuff the GW replaced the green stuff with for a while. I never that got to try its that. Uses. It's not as generally useful as green stuff, but there are some times when it is exactly what you want because it's so much softer. It's much better, I think, for pure gap building, uh, less so for sculpting. You can't really sculpt too well with it, but it fills gaps like a fucking champ. Oh, looks like Kill the Viking was going to check on your elf bust, which I do not believe you were working on right this second. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's podcast day. There she not. is. <laughs> and made hair. But Tuesday I'll be working on the on the elf bust again. Tonight we're just talking about hobbying. Right now we're talking about filling in gaps and putty and, you know, stuff like that. There's there's a lot of ways to fill in gaps. I've actually had people say they just take white glue and fill in gaps with white glue. Oh, I actually did that on the uh, Scissorane of Desire. Oh, that's pretty yeah. cool. I never thought about using white glue. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's some shrinkage with it, so you might have to do it a few times. It, it's not good for cleaning big gaps, but for tiny seams and stuff, it works great. It could also be good as a, as a basic layer, and then you put the green stuff over that so you're not wasting copious amounts of green stuff and fill the basic, then green stuff over it so that you've got something better to work with, like you do a couple details here or there. Um, also, uh, everyone, if you're doing a lot of this stuff, you should be looking at uh, uh, Squadron Putty, the white, uh, it's like white and basically toothpaste -y. It's gap filler. It is really good at filling gaps. That's what it's made for, like mod plastic model kits. And Gonzo, you should really be using a Sculpey tool, not a file for that. I don't have a Sculpey tool, so I'm using the edge of this file. What? Oh, I might as well use a nail. Yeah, or a knife. Because the point of your file is going to be eternally screwed after this. Oh, I don't care about the... I don't. Oh, well, the, if you don't care, that's fine. No, 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 not these people. If you don't care, then we don't care. No. Yeah. Trying to that may be help. the first my time I've this time to help. Yep. Yeah. Don't care about these files. I've had these files forever. Because I usually don't do gap filling. I didn't know about dissolving sprue and tamia plastic glue and making a paste. I like that idea. That I have just learned something idea. new. <laughs> I do use a little bit of that, like when I'm doing the Marvel models or any all plastic models. 
I will do a little bit of uh, quick filing and whatever while the glue, like after the glue is sort of squirted out or uh, after it's uh, oh. in place, there's a tiny gap and get get it in the gap. And it actually does seal pretty well. You know, just don't know over it in a lot yeah. of cases. But there are tiny areas. I mean, speaking of that, there's areas on some plastic bottles where I purposely put too much in so it oozes out. I let it set up and then I, I just cut it away just like it would any other mold line. Mm-hmm. And then there's no gap at all, no seam nope. even. That's a good idea, though, actually, melting down sprue. I wonder if it was possible to have just plastic, like, in a in a spool of plastic you could put in there and just put some glue on there and try and just work it in there. That's worth yeah. thinking about. Legionnaire Probably. says it was Vince Venturella who made the video about the sprue goo. Sprue goo. It was, was it one of the hobby cheating things? Oh, probably. Yeah, go check out Vince Venturella's hobby cheating videos, man. Those are, there's a lot of good information there. Take care of his butt. Yeah, apparently it is the first way to, uh, if you type Vince and then start typing his last name. Uh-huh. He, that is the first thing to come up there to, to. How to create a gap-filling slurry. It is number 221. Ah, slurry. Such a poetic a word. word. <laughs> uh, I'm just so everyone can find it, I'm going to throw link. a link in the chat. There. And then I'm going to add this to my watch later because I need to watch this later. He's a lot of good Boom. stuff. Boom. I like to do that also because... Whenever I see a cool hobby video, I throw it in a watch later, watch it later, at least a bit of it, see if it's something I'm going to need, and then I save it to the appropriate area in YouTube. I mean, they give you all these mm-hmm. ability to make folders and all this stuff. Fucking use them. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. Benian's uh, almost so- ready to click the button on the large starter box of Battletech, and then look for 3D printer for more Max. Well, I have good news and bad news. The good news is you don't have to look for a printer for more three, for more Macs because more Macs are coming. You just wait for their Kickstarter to hit. Maybe your roommate got a ton of that shit coming for Kickstarter, <laughs> and they'll be selling it otherwise. The bad news is we got to wait for the Kickstarter to hit. And I didn't get nearly as much as I could because money is a money is a, <laughs> a resource I only have so much of. I don't like wait. You're, you're gonna have to. But if you do get a 3D printer, you do know someone that knows quite a bit about them, and they can help you out. Yeah, Marshall knows a ton. You can talk to him. (laughs) (laughs) I actually have had a ton of people recently ask me about 3D printing stuff. Uh, Aaron Gordon um, messaged me. He's the guy that makes, um, he's made our dice trays um, that we got, John, that one time. Yeah, and uh, the real life size weapons of uh, War Machine stuff. He he just recently got one, and he was like messaging me. He's like, "Hey, how about this and this and this and this and what do I do about?" I'm like, "Okay," and it was like the fifth person in like a week that have asked me questions about 3D printing, and I'm like, you know what? It's probably about time for me to just go ahead and have a Q and A because uh, when everybody's asking. There's probably people that need to know about certain things. And better to do it all at once and instead of... Yeah. Uh, so, here's some note I'm going to have for everyone who doesn't feel like waiting for stuff. In the most case, ask yourself, do I have to have it? 
Am I going out for a fucking game right now? No. You're probably not going out for a game right now. You can probably wait. I mean, not to make light of it, but it's, I mean, I mean, Bandy can get some games in against me, but you don't need all that much stuff. It's not like we're going to get a ton in, and it's not like we're going anywhere to play a ton of games. And for a while. So keep that in mind when you're looking at stuff. You know, there's a bunch of stuff I want to buy, but, you know, take it easy. Um, try and maybe see if your local hobby store has it. Buy some stuff from them. You know, that kind of thing. You know, Bandy, you got a whole thing of Marvel Crisis Protocol to paint, not to mention droids. Buy the starter, buy the buy the the one battle tick box. Get your models, <laughs> then you got some X to paint up if you want to change a pace. For Christ's sakes. Yeah. Don't look at me. Just say it. You know, depends on what you want. Like you know, I I painted up two models. I'm enjoying them. I'll just since I showed the other one off, I'll, this one still needs a little more work, but there's the other one. It's sort of like uh, the one Mac I'm playing in uh, MechWare Online, actually. That's the Wolverine. So, uh, but yeah, you, you can wait for stuff right now. I mean, you want you want a full work company with dropship? No, you don't. You don't need that yet. Good stuff. You what did you do, Gonzo? I dropped my putty on the ground. That's no bueno. <laughs> Just don't roll over it. Or let the dog eat it. I don't uh, think it's good. I mean, I don't think it's terrible, but I don't think it's good. Well, poop. Hold on a second. Tilted uh, Viking wants all the mad cats. No. Um. Well, poop. Don't know where it went. Went all the mad. Well, I mean, at least he called him mad cats. Just means he's not a filthy clanner, so that's okay. Now, if he were to call them a timber wolf, then I know his true loyalties, and then. Uh, are you sure purple. it's not stuck to your pants? Uh, I looked at my pants, couldn't see it. Hold on. No, yeah, but Bainan's also right. He says they're legit nice models and good palate cleansers after working on trying to get motivation to actually paint. Absolutely. They're great palate cleansers. Why I'm doing them over here. Half the Zemo uh, to finish. What was that? Just paint him hot pink. Yeah, absolutely. Hot pink. I can uh, help you with You know that, what? Do some polka dots, too. Shake it up a bit. It's not like it has to be like the card art. I mean, my what? art. <laughs> you Do can paint them however you want for that. Whatever colors you want. Okay. Got it. Yeah, Wave 3 says he uses resin printer to make a Dune Strider part to make swapping weapons easier instead of buying another model I don't need. That is the greatest use for him because, like, if you can make a part to make your model more useful, that's great. You know, because you weren't going to buy that second model because you don't need it. So the designer, the, the company's not losing out on anything. You're just getting extra value out of their model already because you've got a 3D printer. I uh, actually kind of entranced by watching Gonzo try to put this part on the arm. I know, too. I know. I was just, uh, I was like, just what's he gonna do myself. next? How is he gonna put no. it in there? What's he doing? Why yeah, is I'm he like, rolling it up like that? I know. So Gonzo, you know, you could. I'm gonna say this instead of using the file. Time, why don't you use your hobby knife because you can use the back as a non-sharp, larger thing. It's almost like a ghetto sculpey tool. Or a paper clip. Or a nail. Or just my own nail. I mean, that's, 
You could. Uh, I mean, you can, but it's not advised. So, proper way of putting it in there, you would want a Sculpey tool. I mean, you don't need the whole big set of all the rubber stuff and all the different heads. You just need a standard flat blade side and a little round sort of flat one. Oh, that's the thing. best tool ever. If you need one tool, this is the one tool you need for work that's, with that stuff. That's the one tool right there. One tool it's to rule them all. So, I mean, uh, we I would definitely suggest if you plan on doing any considerable amount of gap filling, get that. It's like if you're going to do any considerable amount of pinning, get a Dremel. It's just one of those tools you just need to have. It, it is in my list of must-have tools. It's a very useful tool. I enjoy the crap out of it. So here's a here's a tip, Baneon, waiting for the glue to give up the ghost to have a part flat. Just drop it on the floor and see which part breaks off, and then you'll know. I actually do not suggest that necessarily. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> uh, Gonzo, also, uh, since you're having problems with the uh, putty sticking to your file, just put your file, tip your file in some water before you put it in there. Yeah. It'll help it not stick to it. Yeah, that's what I do with my finger. <laughs> Oi, Gavald. Are you laughing at Banyan? I'm laughing with Banyan. Oh. He made me laugh. <laughs> no, he's laughing at me because he's like, you can put your file in there. And I'm like, I'm just going to use my finger. My finger's no, working actually, apparently like... the glue he was expecting to give up to the ghost is the stuff you're using. I thought he was talking about his model. He's actually talking about the uh, Giver there. Well, I'll tell you one thing about uh, super glue and resin. Oftentimes, oh. it's a really strong bond, surprisingly. Yeah. My, when I assembled the Scissorian of Desire, I put I, the, the secondary arms, because they have four, the guy has four arms. So it's secondary arms. Uh, I needed to bend them after they were all assembled. And so I ran them under the hot water, like you do with resin, heat it up. And I was twisting the hell out of those arms, and this is at, this is glued together parts of them, and they and were was like, fine. Yeah, I was waiting yeah. for some part to just come flying off, just like you say, but they were firmly in place because yeah, super once you get glue the resin resin, washed and everything, and like it's a little more porous than plastic, so that glue gets in there and it's like, I am tight now. This shit ain't coming off because you want it to. It cements itself real good. So, yeah. You can clean up a lot of that afterwards, Gonzo. That's Sorry. what I'll be nice for. Yes. Okay. I'm, we're, we're, look, this is an episode partially on this, and I want to tell people, like, you don't have to do what he's doing right now. You can just clean it up afterwards. You know, it's good. To, you can do something. Either way. It'll help, but yeah. The but, bonus with using the brown nitite is that it's easier to file and carve on after it sets up. So, which is yeah, because because green stuff just comes away in little ch in chunks and bits and all doesn't work well at all. It's good for just pure gap filling. Actually, I like to use it all around. Like, if you've got like a, a hollow. It is the guy for Xander. That's actually Xander Vorlord too. Did you forget your password not to make a new login? <laughs> <laughs> I only say that because this is technically my second login. My first login is lost to the annals of time. 
which is fine. I no longer do go for that whole online uh, identity thing. Dude, where have I been? You know, I may not have noticed. Was it a while ago? I may not have noticed. My apologies. Uh, okay. I just didn't notice since it's watching. Okay. That's just a John. Also, I may have noticed and I may have been drinking since 7 in the 7.30 in the morning. So, <laughs> and to use that as an excuse as long as I can. Well, you've got a whole other hour. Almost. I mean, about halfway done with my, my grape. Uh, maybe halfway done with my grape stuff. It's pretty good. Is it like grape Kool-Aid? It really fucking is. <laughs> you get all that sugar and sugar hit. You don't notice any of the alcohol until afterwards. It's uh, kind of hypnotic taste. watching somebody do this, though. Yeah. Uh, all right. So. <laughs> That's it. The next time I have to fill gaps, I'm doing it on stream. Oh yeah. Absolutely. You can learn a lot by watching. Like, what's it? Oh, look what they're doing there. You know. Look how he's fucking it up. I wasn't going to say that. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's not the case. No, not I mean, that you weren't going to say that. I mean, I'm pretty sure you're not fucking it up. <laughs> I mean, the gap appears to be full. Mission accomplished by yeah. the banner behind you. So. Yeah. Quick, someone get me get me the appropriate picture of, of mission accomplished for Conzo. You know, there is, it's like... Everything has one way to do it. There are multiple ways to do things. Thumbs up. That's two of them. And honestly, yeah. it's not like Gonzo's doing it wrong. I just feel like he can do it more right. <laughs> more right. I said to my people at work all the time, look, you weren't wrong, but you could be more right. You know, as far as I'm concerned, you got the job done right, but there's things you could do that are next level. That's that's always thing. You know, it's like painting a model. Did you get paint you on all of it? Step further. Yep. You know, you got paint on all the model. Looks good. It, jobs are good. Could you have done more? Sure, you could have. But did you want to? No. Okay, who cares? Didn't want to spend the time on it? Fine. That's fine. I prefer to spend a little more time, which is fine, so, too. And maybe I don't spend... All as, model done. Yeah. Maybe I don't even spend as much time as other people would spend on a model. No. I mean, I look at this and think about how long I was hobby streaking just to get the starter box plus two other models of uh, Marvel Crisis Protocol done. And people are like, wow, it took you that long? I'm like, yeah, well, I don't have marathon painting sessions or anything like that. And uh, had a good time doing it. You know, didn't get, didn't get frustrated much at all. Had a lot of good learning and, and enjoyment out of it. Uh, who says I'm doing it wrong? It was not doing it as fast as you like. And that's oh, okay. <clears throat> I mean, some like I tell people when they post a hobby streak, like, oh, I didn't get much done today. Look, slow progress is still progress. It don't matter. It's a journey from point A to point B. You were on the way. Keep going. And some days you get a lot done in a half an hour, and other days, you know, you some don't. Some days you're like, I'm like, damn, look at this, man. I feel like I've been this for 10 minutes. You look up like, it's been 30 minutes. How did I only get this done? And other days you're like, I did all this stuff. It's only been 10 minutes. Well, let's keep going. Yeah. Oh, Captain Izzy says, like a situation today, the amount of effort is above my pay grade. But if they want to pay me. 
That is a catch-22, Captain Mizzy, because they want to see that you're willing to do the work to do that. It's it's catch-22 for everyone because you don't want them to just take advantage of you because you don't. And they want to see people take the initiative and do more, but not necessarily guaranteed to pay you for more. Ah, working in the United States. It's wonderful. Legionnaire says, slow progress is still progress is how I got my thesis done. I'd forgotten yep. that mantra. <laughs> it, it's a good one. You, you should, everyone should keep that in mind when they're painting, hobbying, whatever. Um, playing a game, slow progress is progress. You know? I like, like to I said think earlier, that... Oh, go ahead. No, I was going to say, go ahead. Uh, I like to think that the progress I'm making on my small pirate model and the progress I'm making on my elf bust are also progress that I'm making on my Scissorane of Desire, even though I'm not actively painting that. What you're doing is you're, you're, you're lowering the gauge. There's a gauge. You can only take so much of any model, no matter what anyone says. So you're lowering that gauge while you're working on these because you're like, oh, cool, this is good. Then when you when you get done with that and you have time to go back, you'll be like, fresh, like, I'm ready to go. As I paint these, I'm getting re-inspired to work on the Scissorane. So it, it's win-win. That's why you always paint models in some sort of fashion where you're kind of rewarding yourself. Where you're like, I'm going to paint this stuff, and then I'm going to reward myself with this model I really want to paint, something different, maybe a character model. That is the way to yeah. go. And Don't sometimes you, you just you just need that palette cleanser. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Fresh. You know, the, the, the Battletech models are palette cleansers. Doing a little bit of work on the Malifaux models of palette cleanser. I got the giant. I don't know if you guys saw it on the stream yet. I'll bring them up here. I got this giant dwarf uh, Gonzo sent me. Oh, that's going to be so much He'll, fun. He's going to be a fun palate cleanser. <laughs> he's got all sorts of detail. I got to do some priming. I had to. He came apart in transit because, I mean, he is hollow. And the spoiler for all of you who have never really shipped much, the post office don't really care. It's a package. If you don't market fragile, they don't fucking care. Um, even if you do market you, fragile. <laughs> Uh, yeah, uh, if, even if you actually, do. If you do, they actually start holding it with, with kid gloves because then you're like, hey, look, I got a claim because you broke this and it said fragile clearly. So I should also warn everyone, in addition to customer service, I did shipping for years and years and years. I know about shipping. <laughs> you really want something to get there? Put shock tabs on it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, like kid gloves. Like, oh, hold on, let me put the gloves on real quick. Let's carefully carry this to the next spot. There you go. <laughs> So, when are you going to work on the uh, little gates? Because I know that you were pretty excited to try those out, Kathy. Uh, they will join the queue. <laughs> of how many? <laughs> because once the elf is done, I'm going to return to the uh, the scissorane. And once the scissorane is done, I'm going to paint on my artisan guild fish person. It's the angler fish person. Which is awesome. But I may do the gates and the fish person kind of at the same time. So gates and fish person? Looking I mean fish person sounds super cool. The the angler fish person oh. is a really fun model. And a artisan guild just makes a lot of really cool models. Which and uh, so, Huh? I was wondering Gonzo would paint that as uh this the uh aromatic blue uh contrast okay. paint. It just kind of gives this little like greenish, 
glowy texture to the bottom of the model. I did it on the other one, so I'm like, oh, I'll do it on this one too. So it just kind of gives it a shadowy glue. I I do love the contrast paints as sort of uber washes. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. More so than as actually over a base coat paints. Yeah, they're really as long as you got a, a light light color over it, it'll turn out really cool. There's a lot of good uses for them, but this is like we said. Remember we said earlier. Yeah. It's not like we come out knowing exactly how to use these things. GW says, use them for this, and then we use them for something else entirely, and they work fine. That happens a lot. And then you, you know, you experiment with them like uh, chocolate and peanut butter. And you got to get the right ratio, because you got the wrong ratio. It's it's not as good. Oh, man. Hashtag, Reese's Cups are perfect. Don't mess with them. I did get <laughs> uh, started sanding on my helmets and stuff, by the way. My Iron Man. Sat outside on the back porch when it was a nice and started sanding up parts of the model. Started sending up um, the face mask and a couple of other cool. pieces and stuff. But I need to go get a... Definitely, like, my face mask is really, really smooth. It's got very, very little ridges on it. Just going to need a quick buff. I've got, like, a really, really fine pad to do it on. And um, then just use that filler primer and not have to worry about it. Cause it'll do this it'll do this really well and like the smaller pieces like the jaw and the the ears but the helmet's gonna have to do some good sanding and take a while take some time type thing so did work on that this week set out on the back porch because we had some pretty nice days of just chill weather yeah what's that like yeah, <laughs> we had some pretty cool days. That was pretty interesting around here. Um, okay, so I got that done. Got gaps filled. Got to do and work on that later. Uh, I think next week I may my paint some more Marvel Crisis Protocol because I do have. I need to finish putting together um, this model uh, and get those gauntlets put together and such, and then I can paint those or get it completely done and then paint it. I'm just not looking forward to it. Um, so, other than that, what time is it, by the way? We've been babbling for a while. Oh, we 8.55. 7.55? No, 8.55. Five minutes to the hour. Five. <laughs> yes, it is five minutes to the hour. We can all agree. <laughs> I do need to get started on this, though, um, and start airbrushing this baby up. Oh, yes. I'm looking my... forward to seeing what you do with that one. Yeah, I'm going to paint it up just like the comic or the cartoon, so I'm going to use airbrushing it for the most part. I don't know if I still have a bust. I think the closest I had was a full statue, and I was technically for my wife, and I think she took it, which is fine because it was for her. I was going to say, you could just saw it off at the, you know, read about no, it I would, here. I wouldn't do it. It was the uh, <laughs> Stern uh, statue from uh, Forge World back in the day. Oh, sure. Very cool. Very cool statue. I don't know. I'll have to check if I have anything like. I don't think I. I think, despite all the miniatures I have, I don't have a bust or anything anywhere. I don't either. That's the reason why I had to print one off. I'm not someone that buys like busts and paint them. They're just, you know, they're not something I usually do. So, <laughs> Legionnaires says, "Hurry up and get me an Ahsoka model in Star Wars Legion." 
Well, yeah, absolutely, especially because, and to what I know, and spoilers for anyone who cares about Rebels Season 1, which is really old right now, uh, she's in, she could be part of both, uh, you know, the Republic and uh, the Rebellion, which would be super awesome, I would approve. Super duper awesome? Yeah. So, All right, we're going to switch over to the, the media section. Media, media. Yeah, I think, you know, Kathy, Gonzo mentioned he didn't have much for media section. We might have a small one because I only have one movie. Uh, I actually, uh, I started thinking as, a, as we were podcasting, I have one, two, three, four, five, six things, but not all of them are finished. A couple of them are series. So I've got quite then a few that mind. are going to be starters. Then never mind. <laughs> You're not getting out of here early. I wasn't. I was going to talk about MechWarrior Online again. Because you can do that. That's part of media because I actually wanted to. I downloaded I just never got a chance to play it this week. Now, did you download the launcher or did you download? No, download actual... the whole game. Yeah, I downloaded the okay. actual whole game. Yeah, I got the launcher. I downloaded the launcher. went to launch it and I'm like, oh, it's going to take like six hours to download the game. I'm going to go do something else in my life right now. No, I downloaded the launcher and the game last week during our media section. <laughs> Now, the the only part I'm going to say is unfortunate, Gonzo, is that uh, you can't get the free Mac and everything like I did because that was only good until May 1st. That's fine. Sad panda. I'm okay with that. Hey, Katie, I've got one movie. It's a wonderful movie. A wonderful, wonderful? Yeah, Bane and I watched it last night. Uh, it has the least realistic hacker scenes of any movie. Oh, is it Hackers? No. Oh, damn. Because that had some of the coolest hacking scenes in the that world. That would be maybe the second least realistic hacking scenes <laughs> of any movie. Was well, it War Games? It was not War Games. <laughs> War Games is, War Games is uh, like third at most. I'd have to go and think. But it's below Hackers. Hackers is less realistic than War Games. <laughs> <laughs> well, since, since we're talking about this, I'm going to start. Uh, yeah, Bane says War Games is semi-legit. The movie I'm talking about is Swordfish. Oh, <laughs> with uh, Hugh Jackman and John Travolta and Halle Berry's scantily clad body. I'm not sure her acting skill made it in, but uh, and too little Don Cheadle for any movie because damn it, if you put Don Cheadle in a movie, I need more Don Cheadle because <laughs> John Cheadle is fucking awesome. So the whole plot is that. Uh, New Jackman's character is one of the best hackers in the world, but he got caught because, of course, he did a good thing. He 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 went and stopped the FBI and put put a virus in their program that was totally illegal, but went to jail for it anyways. And now you know he's lost his daughter, his wife is you know a total bitch, and they go out of their way to make her a total bitch. Won't let him talk to her or anything. And then Halle Berry approaches him because she wants him to meet her employer who needs him to do a job. And he's not supposed to touch a computer, of course, because he'll go to jail if he touches a computer. Uh, curious, sidebar, would they actually be able to enforce that nowadays? Because you can't do shit anymore without touching <laughs> a computer. <laughs> yeah. In any case, he goes to meet him. It, it's all very style over substance in a lot of this. And it's another one of those movies in the vein of, say, Face Off or Broken Arrow, where they're like, John Travolta plays a good villain. Let's put him in here and let him be a little stylistic and crazy and, and sort of carry the movie. And he does. 
I think the biggest bonus is they got a relatively early Hugh Jackman to play opposite him, and Hugh Jackman is good. Halle Berry is having one of her off movies. She's sort of hit or miss. She's a little more miss in this. Uh, again, not enough Don Cheadle. He's the FBI agent who captured uh, Hugh Jackman's character, Stanley Jobson, because that's not a pun in anything. Any case, uh, it turns out John Travolta is this, you know, not really. He's like a secret agent for the U.S. government who is an ends justify the means guys and needs to steal all this money that's been sitting there uh, out of old uh, CIA front accounts. That's now worth like, you know, $10 billion, $10 billion to be or something. And he needs the best hacker in the world to help him do it. He needs to use that money to fund his anti-terrorism terrorism. Because when he describes it, it's totally anti-terrorism terrorism. Because he's like, oh, they bomb a church? We bomb 10. I'm like, okay, that's that's not good. And it, the whole thing is supposed to put that sort of moral dilemma at the bottom of it. You know, is he a good guy? Is he a bad guy? Well, no, he's a bad guy. I'm sorry. Um, and actually, I think if they were to put this movie out now, they would use one of the alternate endings. Um, so it goes through, and there's some action scenes. There's On the good side, it does not have... Hugh Jackman's character really do anything that's outside the possible realm of an action movie for a hacker. He doesn't fire a single gun. He doesn't really get in a fist fight with anyone. You know, they push, he like elbows a guy from surprise and pushes a guy over. That's the most of his physical combat. You know, tackles a guy, I guess. Uh, the only thing is he fires a rocket launcher once. Um, so that's kind of cool. The action scenes are pretty well done. It, it's an enjoyable movie. It's just really sort of odd nowadays. Um, the hacking scenes are unrealistic as crap, but enjoyable from a layman's point. You're like, oh, cool. You know, he's he's hacking. You get the idea. They he sells that he when he's you know having a good, doing well or doing poor. Basically, he does a great job. Travolta does a great job as a sort of memorable villain, and the rest of the cast is fine or underused. And the whole end is they and they totally, rather than letting them put the, the seeds of the whole thing, the twist, if you will, in there and let you figure it out, instead they do the whole montage at the end of the movie. And it's not a super long movie. They'll let you know, like, oh, look, it was, it was all misdirection. Because apparently that's John Travolta's thing, because he had misdirection in Broken Arrow, the whole rope-a-dope, and then... The whole thing is misdirection of this. He has a whole big spiel about misdirection in the middle of it, Harry Houdini and all. And the idea is he's going to escape and everyone's going to think he's dead because Stanley took a rocket and blew up the helicopter that he got in. But he already had a body of the guy whose identity he took ready to go in there. So he gets away. Yeah. And in the movie shows, you know, Stanley's got his money. He's got his daughter because... John Travolta's people brutally murdered her, his ex-wife and uh, her new husband, who was a porn director. It was all very weird content, to be honest. Uh, so he's got his daughter back, and then everything's good, and he's got his money to go fight his terrorists by terrorism. Um, but I think the better ending, and I think Banyan agrees, is the one of the two alternates where basically it turns out he, he had tried to screw them so that they wouldn't get the money. But uh, something messed up and he had to give them the money. But in this ending, it turns out he didn't give them the money. He's got all the money and they had like 500 bucks. Which leads to the end scene of Halle Berry's character coming out to John Travolta. 
and the core of this seems the same in all the endings where she comes and talks either we got the money or in this case like there's only 500 bucks in there and then Travolta's like let's go and it's like you don't seem too upset he's like well you know he goes into this whole thing about the Maltese Falcon you know where you know it's not a big deal this stuff happens you know we consider raging at each other forever or we just get on with our lives and I think that would have been a better ending, and I think that's the ending they would have choose nowadays rather than let the sort of bad guy win, so to speak, as the movie did. So, overall, it's got solid action. Um, some gunplay, but it's all not necessarily the, the main protagonist. It's all John Travolta and some other guys. Um, some cool scenes. Some of them don't fit too well, but, but pretty solid. Um, I give it... I'm going to say two space herpes. It is better than your average action movie, um, but not one worth going too far out of your way. I own it on DVD because I own random movies like this on DVD. <laughs> I don't know if it's free anywhere. Otherwise, I would say probably wait till it's free or at the very least super duper cheap. Okay. So there you go. There's uh, Swordfish with the least realistic hacking scenes ever. Worse <laughs> than hackers. But still better than mediocre oh yeah still better than a mediocre movie they, they, it was well crafted it was finely crafted enough it was competently crafted enough that for you enjoy it at no point am i like oh there's more boring it's like this is going this is fine uh for john travolta villain fair i'd much rather watch face off with all of its crazy <laughs> over the top <laughs> or uh broken arrow where he's more subdued but still playing a good a good villain role and if you want Hugh Jackman and stuff, just watch anything Hugh Jackman's and it doesn't matter. He's pretty good in everything. So, uh, Kathy, you want to go and let Gonzo finish everything out at the end, more or less? I don't really have anything. My sad thing That's is I went to true. watch, I went to watch Murder in the French series and M MHC Choice, the streaming platform that it's on, uh, no longer had it as a free thing so i have to get a subscription there and then i can watch murder in and all the other international shows that i like which i haven't done yet i <laughs> hear you actually watched part of a spree of a certain old sitcom oh uh there was a <laughs> there was a facts of life marathon on and so i was watching that today so yeah I didn't have a productive day today. I kind of, I mean, I made roast beef. It was, it was That's good. That's productive. You know, but really other than that and my morning exercise, I just kind of, well, I did do Dutch flashcards while I was watching Facts of Life. So maybe it was a little productive. <laughs> Fair enough. But still, Facts of Life. Facts it's, of Life, it's. It's a solid, uh, it's a solid '80s uh, sitcom. It is, oh, yeah. and I don't know. It, I don't know if it was just the nostalgia of it because I did watch it back then. Um, but yeah, I I really like it. Every time, every I'm sure I've actually been on here talking about a Facts of Life marathon in the past. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, yeah. Well, gone. Zero space herpes for the facts of life. <laughs> oh, absolutely. The, the greatest thing you have is the crazy stuff the actress who uh, played uh, Blair has done since she's a little 
extra religious, I would say. Not like horribly so, but a little on the extra religious side. Uh, uh, she wouldn't even... Uh, there was like an episode about one of the girls losing their virginity and she wouldn't even be involved with it, which is her choice. And I appreciate someone standing up for their their beliefs, but a little, maybe a little extra religious. Um, so let's go with something I watched and I watched it and binged it all the way through. And it was a rea- reality show called Win the Wilderness. And it's a BBC show where they take six couples and they compete to win an Alaskan homestead. And I'm like, okay. Um, it's all filmed in Alaska. So I was like, oh, this will be good to watch. I mean, you got some you know, good scenery and you know, so on and so forth. And what it is is these six couples do small competitions. Um, and each day, week, whatever it was, a couple got chosen to go to the homestead and spend the night there so the couple could give, you know, see if they wanted to give their homestead to them. Um, and they make them do things like, okay, you got to skin an animal because you're going to have to skin an animal if you decide to live here in Alaska. Uh, you got to clear brush. Uh, you got to chop down trees. You got to, you know, keep I'd up like the homestead. I'd like to participate in this. Uh, it, watch it on Netflix. It was actually really, really cool. I actually enjoyed it. Um, Alaskan, you know, frontier stuff is kind of neat to me. Um, it's interesting. Um, they, I thought it was interesting that it was only BBC couples. Um, the BBC uh, was doing it, and of course, it's all people from the UK. Um, so after it was all over, I did some research and background on what happened after. But what it was is. They chose, they're going to choose one couple, and the couple gets the key to their homestead on this mountain. Um, huge log cabin, two story, you know, really nice. Where, uh, where in Alaska? I can't remember exactly. Um, but it is definitely because they actually talked to the guy, and he spent like 16 days walking in Alaska to get the place that he wanted. Um, but it's got its own airstrip, um, so on and so forth. Uh, what's it called? It's got its own airstrip. Yeah. Its own it's little strip of land. Yeah. Um, Osei, uh, mountain. And it, they, they use people that live in Alaska that are there. They're like, okay, you've got to learn how to fish and, you know, you know, can you do these certain things? And those people report back to the owners and say, well, these people did really, really good. They worked together, blah, blah, blah. And uh, they let certain couples go every week. And eventually they get down to four couples and those four or three couples. And then they decide between them. And then they break it down to two and then to one. And it was it was interesting to see some of this stuff. And they were like constantly goes, you think you've got Alaska figured out? And then a bear eats your face. You know what I mean? <laughs> you just can't, you know, you, you can't let your guard down here. And, you know, they talked about the bear traps and the bear stuff and all this other thing. And like this one lady was like, oh, I want to live here. It's going to be so awesome. And they're like, have you ever shot a gun? No. And she like shoots like a little twenty two rifle and she like freaks out over it. And I'm like, maybe this isn't the place for you. <laughs> Maybe not. (laughs) 
But um, it's it's a it's a little competition, and of course somebody wins the house, and the grounds, and all that, and the people that were living there for like thirty years, um, you know, they give them the keys, and legally everything happens. Um, it happened during the summertime of last year. Um, people said they should have done it during the winter, but they were like, it had oh, been God. really <laughs> really really hard to film in the yeah, winter. Huh? And they wanted to be able to have them do certain things. Oh, man. And this last winter, oh yeah, they had the huge earthquake and all of the aftershocks, yeah. like all winter long. But I mean, it <laughs> was... That sucked. Yeah. I thought it was, it, it was an interesting show to watch. Um, it was nice to learn a little bit more about Alaska and, you know, see the, 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 the filming of it was really good because it, the wilderness is just amazing to look at. It, you know, just so untouched looking type thing. Um, but I did do some research after the fact. And the couple that won is having problems. They legally own the property. Uh, but they're having problems getting over there and living there permanently. Uh, because of visa reasons. Um, of what's going on right now. Visa reasons? Are they not from the U.S.? No, every single company is from it's the It's all U- U.K. It's all U.K. people. Oh. Oh, gotcha. I missed that part. Yeah. All the couples Doesn't are from the UK. Make any sense. Okay, sure. Um, Go with that. And so a lot of them, they're having problems getting over here. Um, they still own it. Um, and what was interesting is like the contract that they had to take it over states they can't sell it for so many years. Uh, but oh. the guy actually originally was trying to sell it at one point and couldn't sell it. And I guess what it is, the company, the BBC came in and says, hey, why don't we do a competition? And they probably offered him so much money to do the competition to transfer it over to someone else. Um, but there was like some of that. There's some of the issues they're having trying to get over here. Uh, the guy's trying to sell his business and make, you know, because he's got to have a job here. And the job that this couple had can't be done over here. And so there's just like a bunch of different things that they're. There, there's a lot of problems after they won the competition, um, oh. which kind of sucks. But you know, it was a gorgeous show to watch. I, I really liked learning about that stuff and seeing that stuff. Um, and it's only like eight or so episodes long, so it's not long or whatever. But I mean, it, it's a beautiful show to watch. So um, maybe like one space herpes because it's kind of a you know a, a reality thing and. You can tell some of it's set up, but overall, it was a good show. I'd, I'd watch it. I'd watch another season or show like that. Um, just some some stuff just started recently. Um, I've been watching Billions, uh, which is about billionaires and a corrupt DA and an attorney and all this other stuff and a lot of political intrigue. Um, and I really like the oh. show. But so it just real life, the series? Yeah, real life, the series. <laughs> I'll pass. But no, it's actually it's actually pretty good. A lot of backstabbing, you know, a lot of, you know, screw each other over. So it's interesting. I like the show. It's pretty good. Uh, the one that I was really kind of interested in, because I liked the original series, and I was hoping this one was done even better, um, or not even better, just done really cool, uh, is Penny Dreadful, City of Angels. Uh, Penny Dreadful, the t- original TV series, was amazing. I really liked it a lot. This one is based in 1938. Um, and it is uh, about the Day of the Dead. 
and about um, Latino couples and Latino, a lot of Latino background and everything. Um, there's like a big murder that happens with like three or so uh, Caucasians and they're painted up with the Day of the Dead masks and, you know, the, the candy masks and all that stuff and starts up all this um, problem with it. But there's also a supernatural theme to it. Uh, Natalie Dormer, I think is her name. Um, she's playing multiple, multiple roles in the series because she's a demon that's floating around and showing that she can corrupt humans to do the most corrupt things at all the times. Um, and someone's trying to fight back with that. I've watched the first episode and I'm like, eh, okay, it's, 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 it's all right. Um, I'll give it a few more episodes, but from everything that I've seen and people saying about it, it's pretty crappy. And I'm like, damn it. So, I'm uh, kind of bummed about it, but I'll, I'll, I'll give it a few more episodes to see if it's any good or not. So, I'm hoping it is. Um, so, no space herpes, but it's not off to a good start. Um, and then, I finished Dark Phoenix. I only watched about half of it last week. Finished watching it this week. And... Uh, <laughs> this sucked. My the dark was about some heavy sigh. <laughs> like, I know what that means. Okay. Dark Phoenix Saga was really, really cool to me. I remember as a kid. I owned the comics uh, and everything about it. I, I really liked it. thought it was a really cool story. Really awesome. So on and so forth. And... I think one time me and you were talking about this when we saw that the trailer was coming out. I didn't give a damn about any of the characters because none of the actors really didn't care. Too many characters for multiple movies now. Yeah, um, I just didn't care. Um, Phoenix didn't care for her. Uh, everybody else, I really just didn't care for. There was a very cool Nightcrawler scene. Um, I wish they would have either, I wish they would have kept all the people playing their own parts from the very beginning. You would have had a better feel for everybody, but there was a lot of problems. Because they started off as adults. Yeah. And then got older. So they would, they really passed it right now. Yeah. It it, it would have been a lot better, but the story wasn't that great either. It was just slapped together. Let's just have a whole bunch of Marvel characters from all those shows, show up and we'll see what we can do and hopefully it holds together. It, it seemed like, you know, X-Men, whatever they called the last one, part two, where you're like, it's just not good. It wasn't. I mean, was it horror horrendous? No. Was it bad? Yeah. I'm talking like, you know, over the man rating. So I'm talking like three and a half type thing to four. Um, there was only one. I mean, I'm a huge Nightcrawler fan. For anybody knows, he's my favorite Marvel superhero of all time. Love that character to death. Love everything about him. And they did a scene with Nightcrawler where he, you know, gets pissed and starts whooping ass. And I was like, well, that was cool. I've been waiting to see something like that. But I mean, it was one thing out of the whole movie that I was happy about. I feel like the X-Men deserve a TV series instead because you need to be able to get deeper into them to to really do them justice, you know? Because there's so many characters you got to work with. I only think, like, a, a, a Disney Plus series or multiple would be the only way of getting through it. You know, you, that's not a bad idea because if you think about it, the X-Men, they're broad. I mean, you have 
so many different mutants that you could pull from. Which X-Men team are you going to pull from? The yeah, original, exactly. which is Iceman I mean, and, you know, that one? Or will you pull you from... You concurrent stuff where you get older actors to play the original X-Men in their adulthood. Yeah. Uh, and then you could do movies of the young, or just start off the movies and then have the, the series come afterwards, them having aged. I like the original concept of X-Men First Class and every progressive movie sort of going to the next decade or so and following the X-Men, but it was never enough about it. It was all about Xavier and fucking uh, Magneto every single time, and that's fine to a point. Yeah. Get to the point where we have all these characters, it can't just be about those two and their ideological differences. Uh, it has to be about the rest of the people. Yeah, it just wasn't it wasn't good at all, and I was not happy with it. I was pretty bummed. Uh, I, I didn't have high expectations anyway because it, everybody said it was ass to begin with. But I was just like, man, you could have done so much better with this. I, and like, I, like I, said, I didn't even care about any of the characters. I didn't care about any Honestly, of the I actors. Is a, is a is a is a storyline you want to do if you can't set it up right, and they didn't set it up right. No, they did tiniest bit of just like the last time. They did the tiniest bit of setup where they show something like, "Oh, maybe there's more to her," and then they just said, "Let's go all in." It should have been a trilogy, and you set up the tiny setup in the first one. Then you have a movie to do some setup bits here or there, and then you go all in on the third movie. Yeah, and, and that's what it felt like. That this was supposed to be the, you know, the end game of X Men, and it was more like, uh, okay, it's more like the last stand of X Men. Yeah, <laughs> it just wasn't good. I, I really hope because um, there's rumors they're going to reboot the X Men. Um, they need to. You have to. You have to just reboot the X Men. Or, and you just have to reboot it from the very beginning and do it as like a TV show and do like multiple seasons with one class of X-Men and like some of them drop out and you can bring in new X-Men into the team type thing. You know, you can do that. Let's be honest, how many movies they did, did they do actual X-Men movies? Well, you got four, seven movies, something like that. Yeah, and none of them. And how many of them are are legitimately good, good Three or four, if you're four, if you're being nice. Yeah, but I mean, it just was not. That's fifty percent. Uh, That's no bueno. It, it, this is definitely a pass. Like I said, I'm talking like three and a half to four. It just was not good at all. Yeah. Um, and my last one, uh, then you can go with your Mech Warrior. Is I rented hey. uh, Bad Boys for Life, uh, which is the sequel of all the Bad Boys. Where Will Smith and uh, both of them are Martin uh, Lawrence. Martin Lawrence. Uh, both of them are old and trying to, you know, they're on their last leg. And there was no fucking reason to make this movie. Not one damn reason to make this movie because they could have. It, 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 of course, it comes down to the money. We all know that. That's the reason why they do it. But there was really, you could have made something else with those two. The bad boy, original bad boy movies were great, you know, blow them up action, you know, had some good lines, you know, they were, they? they were, they, they were decent for the, for, for the time, for the time they were decent. Were they? <laughs> for Let's the time. Let's be honest. So everyone says bad boys two is the better of them, but it doesn't hold up to lethal weapon. Well, now, I'm talking about, we're not, yeah, we're talking about the I bad boys. A little. Yeah. I'm just talking about bad boys. 
But I mean, this one, they tried to play up the we're getting old and we can't do stuff like we used to and blah, 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 and throw some plot twists. And there was a couple of chuckles in between it because that's, you know, that's what they're supposed to have. I did like that they brought back all the original characters, uh, actors that's for they, they brought back all the original actors, especially... Joey Pants in it? Do what? Joey Pants in it? Yeah. Everybody, everybody is in here. Um, and there's there's only like one shocker scene that maybe went, oh, fuck. And there was a couple of chuckles, but I mean, really, it was... It, it, it hits the meh type rating of 2.5 because, I mean, there was so much more that you could have done with this. But there's... What so, you could have done was just go, hey, that was then... Let's not even worry about it. And they even set it up for a sequel. And I'm like, oh, really? How so it sounds like this? it wasn't even as good as Lethal Weapon 4. <laughs> it was it, it was just a meh. They could have done so much more. It could have been so much better. Um, and they could have just left it alone and I would have been happy. Um, the Bad Boys, as the originals, they were fun, good, goofy movies. But... They they're very low movies. Yeah, but they this this was definitely not worth it. If you want to see it, wait till it comes out for free, um, and don't worry about it. Uh, yeah, I had, yeah, I did start a new cooking show, by the way, uh, and it's from one of the winners of a great uh, British Bake Show, uh, Nadia. Time to eat, and I watched the first episode, and I was like really happy with it. I'm gonna watch that inside. Tell y'all what say about that but that was just i like cooking shows and this one is a really good one she had some really really cool recipes that you could replicate at home without a problem so awesome you're mech warrior well i have played a crap ton of mech warrior i'm through all my cadet games which are the first 25 and i'm through a bunch of games afterwards and uh i do not totally suck at the game anymore <laughs> i only like maybe 33 percent suck I usually have mostly good games. Every once in a while, I'm just in way over my head, and there's a lot to keep track of. But uh, I, I'm not necessarily making the same mistake twice. I make the similar mistake, you know, where like I told you, like first guy passes, rather than going in on his rear immediately, I'm like, there's another guy right behind him. The guy goes, I'm like, aha, now I'm going, and there's like 14 more guys behind them in a 12 man team. I'm like, how did they? All right, I'm dead. That happens too often, but it is enjoyable. Um, still, everyone's been really cool with it, even when I have one of those games where I'm just like, get absolutely wrathful stomped. I do not feel like in most games I am a detriment to my team. I feel like I'm actually doing pretty good, and I'm a boon. Um, after 25 games, they let you use the microphone, so I can actually get on there and talk with them, which is good. <laughs> uh, I find if you go into a game and people are communicating, you're probably going to have an okay game. If you go in and no one says anything, you're having a bad day. Good luck. Um, and uh, I feel like the games where I'm like, Am I, did I do okay? And I look, I'm like, I did okay. And we got raffle stumps, so I can't be upset that I got killed. Uh, I can no longer guarantee an explosion a game, though. Earlier, I used to guarantee one explosion a game, me or someone else. I can't do it anymore because I don't always get a kill. And they don't always die. So I'm actually getting to the point where I'm not always exploding or killing somebody but i'm getting a ton of assists because i just it's very fun there's a lot to learn with it but as you learn it it becomes easier there's still a lot of button pushing and shit <laughs> but button matching uh, and there's a lot of 
a lot of opinions on what you should and shouldn't do. There's a guy who's got a whole like th- post on like this is the skill tree and what you should and shouldn't do. I'm like, oh cool, let me read a little bit of this. And he's like, you should not take the sensor tree at all. And I look at my my main mech, the one I got for free, the quarantine, the Wolverine. I'm like, and I've got the sensor tree all the way down to radar deprivation and stuff because I want to be able to hide and break missile locks. And in between, I want to get more information because I have an active probe in my mech because I wanted to be more useful since I'm usually getting in over my head. At least people can target through me when I'm getting in over my head and maybe they will throw some long-range missiles to help shoot the fuckers who are trying to kill me. (laughs) You know, you find your niche and you find what you like. I actually don't mind sitting there picking away at the enemy with weapons and just getting like, there's a sensor lock, somebody shoot that fucker and all that stuff. Uh, I am enjoying the crap out of it. It has a lot of play. And Gonzo, there's careful there's a there's a potential to just go down the dark side of like i can spend hours customizing my mech let me get the, just the right <laughs> tweak of everything <laughs> you'll probably be okay starting off uh because um you'll be stuck with trial mechs for a bit yeah and then, i did uh, was i suggest- I, I, I was kind of upset about that the joystick and throttle control is very poor in the game and that you really can't use it and i was like Ah, that stinks. Everybody says that it's it's not as customizable and usable, and it's easier and better with a mouse and keyboard. I yeah, I wouldn't necessarily try it with that because because in any ways you need the keyboard anyways because you need to have so many other keys than that. Like I'll be honest, aside from the 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 WASD that I use inherently, there's also the X key to stop. There's the C key because you want sometimes to go directly to face where your legs are facing. There's the F key sometimes your legs want to need to face where your fate where your torso is facing. Yep. There's the R key to start getting targets. There's the E key to bring up the communications to so go like, hey, there's a target. Hey, come help me. There's buttons for weapon groups. There's a ton of stuff in the game, and I really feel like uh, I don't know how you would do it with a joystick. Well, the others now see the, the joystick. Um... Because I have a Thrustmaster joystick that lets you uh, torso twist with the joystick. So the the top of it rotates and spins. Uh, so oh. I could push forward and turn left and right uh, with it. So there, there, which I've used it before with a, a mech, another mech style game. But with this one, it's everybody says that it's, it's, it's a horrible integration. And I was like, oh, that sucks because those are great well, yeah, things. Yeah, because... Because it's not necessarily pushing forward to move forward. No, it, it, there's a lot more to it. You'll see when you mm-hmm. play the uh, intro. Yeah, I'll get. But yeah, I'll, I'll give you some suggestions when you play. I enjoy it. It will take a bit of learning curve for anyone who wants to try it. It is free, and honestly, you don't have to buy anything. You will probably be tempted into buying something, and if you're enjoying <laughs> it, you should because that's. I mean, that's yeah, how that's they how keep the game going. Um, yeah, because I've been can, playing uh, a lot of uh, Elder Scrolls Online. And I've had the game forever. So I was like, oh, I'll give these guys some money. And I bought like an expansion pack and stuff. So, yeah, uh, I agree. If, I mean, if you're enjoying it and you're playing it and you can give a little extra money to them, give it to them because that's how they get to stay open. Yeah. And, and there's a lot of little tricks to it and all. There's a lot of it's it's since it's a free game, it's hard to find necessarily data. You'd have to go check out some YouTube channels and all. There's some stuff like online, but it's all fan made. So it's not all exhaustive or anything because. They can't afford to just spend people have some time making all these guides and all and get people ready because there's no inherent cost to the game. Yeah. So, 
they're they're relying on what you decide to buy in game. And I do feel like the in game stuff that I've purchased has been worth it so far. So. Well, guys, that's uh, the end of our episode. We appreciate you listening and uh, coming on. Uh, if you're listening on another platform and everything, uh, we appreciate it. I will have two episodes of the new RPG Midgard, which we're still working out some bugs with Roll Twenty and the video and audio. So you got to give us a little, give us a little slack on that. Um, and we're trying to figure that out. Um, other than that, don't forget to watch Kathy Tuesday through Friday. She'll be painting again. Uh, John, um, you got anything you're going to be doing anytime soon? Well, I keep telling myself I'm going to record another podcast, but it's uh, so hard to watch extra movies above what I'm doing inherently that I may <laughs> not be able to. I might do one where I talk about uh, the Transformers movies since I watched all of them recently for something else. Maybe we'll just go through that on a podcast or something. I try to, but we'll see if I can get something out. Okay. I am uh, surprisingly still generally busy during this uh, this crazy period. <laughs> All right, guys. Take care of yourself. Watch out for each other. Have a good time. For more than dice, I'm, John. I'm Gonzo. I'm Kathy. And we're going to music play. I'm going to see if there's anybody we can send y'all to. While we're listening to the music, let's see if we can send you to somebody. Don't go anywhere. Who are we going to raid? We're going to raid. Let's raid Rainer again. He's always fun to watch. Raiding Rainer. Here we come, buddy.